Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I'm Michael Kingswood, a retired submarine officer. I'm also a private pilot, martial artist, engineer, and a lifelong fan of science fiction and fantasy. I've written and published dozens of stories across the entire spectrum of speculative fiction. So sit back, let your mind wander through realms of adventure as I tell you a story. Storytime with Michael Kingswood, Episode 4. Back to Veritas Morte, a science fiction novella that I wrote. Okay, last we left, uh, Princess Ophelia had been kind of laying into Lucian pretty well and giving him what for. And fortunately for him, a shipwide alert got called and he had to run out from her chambers <laughs> to get to the uh, CIC before... Now, who the heck know what, knows what else she was going to do, but certainly was fixing to be a little bit embarrassing for him. So we're going to go see what's going on. What the heck? They're in neutral space. Why is there going to be alert? Don't know. A little weird. Uh, yeah. Moving on to the next scene. Again, the narrator is Keith Mickelson. Enjoy. Veritas Morte, a science fiction novella by Michael Kingswood. Narrated by Keith Mickelson. The Situation Room lay less than a hundred meters down the flagship's main corridor from the Empress's suite, but it seemed to Lucian that it took a year to reach it. He fairly leapt through the room's entrance doorway, just clearing it as it opened in front of him and slid to a stop barely avoiding a collision with an enlisted crewman who sat at a tactical console not far from the door before he managed to get control of himself. Admiral Corrigan stood in the center of the room before the main tactical plot, the Emperor at his side. He was raising a laser pointer at a collection of red symbols when Lucian burst in, but stopped what he was saying to give him a look of surprise mixed with chagrin as Lucian extricated himself from the near collision. The Emperor did not comment on Lucian's state, but gestured for him to come over without taking his eyes away from the plot. Lucian hurried to the Emperor's side, straightening up his uniform blouse as he went. Admiral Corrigan cleared his throat and resumed speaking as Lucian reached the plot. I cannot explain it, Your Majesty, he said. His voice trembled, and Lucian realized the chagrin on the Admiral's face was not for his entrance, but for the situation. It must be grave. One hundred warships, the Emperor said, his tone deceptively calm and cool. It almost, almost concealed the cold fury that shone in his eyes. Where did they come from? The Admiral shook his head. Lucian looked more closely at the tactical plot, and immediately understood Admiral Corrigan's chagrin and his father's anger. The plot depicted the Neonovos system, which Imperial forces from Task Force 17 had just the day before held securely. Now, the task force was a shambles. Half of its cruisers were missing from the display, either destroyed or out of the tactical data link, though even the latter meant they were functionally dead, as without the link they could not coordinate with other Imperial units or determine friend from foe, until within visual range of another vessel. Without that capability, those warships dared not engage for fear of friendly fire, as were a third of the frigates and destroyers that had set up the orbital blockade around Neonovos 6. 
of the battleship's carriers and marine landing ships, there was no sign. In their place loomed a swarm of red-tinted symbols depicting hostile vessels. Carriers, cruisers, a few battleships. It was a monstrous force, far beyond anything Corellus or its allies should have been able to field. My God, Lucian breathed, not noticing or caring about the blasphemy of speaking thus. Indeed, the Emperor said, and took a drink from the steaming cup he was holding. Admiral, what is the official estimate of Corellus's Starfleet? Admiral Corrigan swallowed and spoke quickly by rote. Twenty-two destroyers, four cruisers, and one dated carrier, Your Majesty. That is what I recall as well, the Emperor said, punctuating his words with another sip from his tea. Why, Admiral, was the estimate so far off? The Admiral shook his head again, paling visibly now. I... He stopped, took a breath, then continued, clearly working hard to keep the sudden tremble out of his voice. I do not know, Your Majesty. I have queried the Director of Intelligence, but he has not yet... The Emperor waved him to silence, scowling. Send a message to Fleet Headquarters, Admiral. I want the Third and Fifth Fleets deployed to Neonovos immediately. Admiral Corrigan's mouth dropped open. But, Your Majesty... Those forces are patrolling the buffer zones between the Empire and Marius Prime and Hazador, respectively. We cannot afford to leave those sectors unguarded. A servant, garbed in the simple purple-lined white tunic of the Emperor's own chattel, appeared at Lucian's side, bowing low as he extended a tray with another steaming cup toward the prince. Lucian waved him away peremptorily. He could not be bothered by such as he. Not now. The servant flushed. With anger? and actually scowled at him before dropping his eyes to the floor and backing away again. Lucian almost didn't notice it, but coming on the heels of Dila's behavior, and what followed it in Princess Ophelia's, in his mother's quarters, the servant's behavior struck a nerve. He turned to administer some much-needed chastisement, but Admiral Corrigan spoke again, and Lucian could hardly credit his words. He looked back at the Admiral, amazed. I think it best, sire, if we withdraw our forces from Neonovos in order to salvage what we can of the situation. The admiral seemed to have regained his bearing fully, but Lucian never thought to hear such a recommendation from him. The emperor scowled ever so slightly. We will not turn tail and run, admiral. If we show weakness here, our enemies— He stopped talking suddenly a strange expression bordering between puzzlement and consternation appearing on his face. The hand holding his cup began to shake, and he pressed the other to his chest. A cold spear seemed to pierce Lucian's heart. Father, are you? Admiral Corrigan reached toward the Emperor at the same time. Your Majesty. Before either of them could finish their statements, the Emperor suddenly stiffened and collapsed to the floor, his cup shattering on the deck beside him. His limbs began quivering spasmodically, and he began foaming at the mouth. "'Summon the Emperor's physician!' the Admiral shouted as he squatted down next to the Emperor. He took his liege's hand in a strangely gentle manner, his face stricken. "'Hold on, Your Majesty. Help is coming.' Lucian knew he should act. He should do something. But seeing his father fallen like this, he found himself petrified as fear, anger, confusion, and a hundred other emotions he could not put a name to swept through him. He watched in befuddlement as his father's medical staff swept into the room, shoved the admiral's side, and took charge. 
In moments, they had the emperor on a gurney, oxygen mask over his mouth and nose, and an IV in his arm, and they rushed him out to the infirmary. And Lucian just stood there, stunned. Until slowly something else intruded on his consciousness. The aroma of the emperor's tea now spilled upon the deck. Earl Grey. Oh, snap! Lucian surely didn't see that coming. And I'm saying oh snap a lot, because, well, yeah, what, what the points of a story if you're not going to give the main character a whole lot of unexpected stuff to recover from? But this is pretty serious. The Emperor, he just collapsed. Was he poisoned? Was it... Uh, looks like it. And holy snap, Oral Grey. What does that mean? That... Sends suspicion a certain way, I think. Don't you? Oh, geez. Well, I well, guess we're going to have to figure that out. But, too bad for you. You're going to have to wait a week <laughs> to hear the rest. Unless you go buy the book. You can buy the book at Amazon on the ebook. It's still, still uh, exclusive there. Print book you can get anywhere, and audiobook, all the usual suspects, as well as probably a dozen places you never would have thought of, because most people, when they think audiobook, think uh, Audible or iTunes, but really there's over a dozen stores out there, and I have it everywhere, and it's better for me and for you, you too, because, you know, don't want anybody to get a monopoly on anything. I grant you, the in reality... It's almost impossible to get a real monopoly unless the government helps you to do it. But you still, you know, you give, you give another store a break, right? Give them a help, help, helping hand and uh, try to, you know, spread the love around. As long as the money comes back to me. <laughs> oh, man, because I'm a mercenary and you know it. Uh, that's it for now. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens to Lucian next time. Thanks for tuning in. That'll do it for this episode of Storytime with Michael Kingswood. Come by my website, michaelkingswood.com, for information about my work. There you can sign up for a newsletter where I tell about new releases and special promotions. Guaranteed to be spam free. Or just drop me an email at michael at michaelkingswood.com and I look forward to hearing from you. If you really like my stuff and feel like giving me a buck, Drop by Patreon and sign up to be a patron. As always, if you like today's story, be sure to leave a review on your favorite online bookstore and share this podcast with all your friends. This production is copyright Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music copyright Jean Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.